Welcome to the newest edition of the Screen Fellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing The Lost City of Z and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, as well as discussing this week in TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? I am doing okay, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm tired, but I'm, I'm pushing through, you know? It, I'm almost, like, if I sound weird and I'm doing something, or I say something completely ridiculous, it's almost like I'm high because of how tired I am. You know what I'm saying? 100% feel you, man. I'm tired. <laughs> 100% feel you. Um, but that's all right. And I do not, I'm not using this as an excuse for my review. We'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, dude, something really weird happened when we were on our way over to the studio today. All right. So we were walking to my car and then we look over and we just witnessed a murder. There was a bird that was just on the ground. And well, first we see this crow just fly away and we're just like, or he flies up to the tree that's right above him. We're just like, what's going on? Why is this crow? And all these birds are chirping away and I'm like, shut up. They're so loud. And I look, and there's a bird on the ground, just, like, half dead. It's not dead yet. It was, like, kind of squirming, but it was just bleeding and kind of squirming on the ground. We're like, oh, my gosh, that crow just attacked this bird and left it for dead. And then as we walked away, the crow came back and started picking at it again. And we're just like, this poor bird is getting murdered right in front of us. And we're on, we're late, so we just have to keep going. Wow, you didn't even try to stop him. No, babe, but we <laughs> at least we walked by the bird. There was those people that walked right behind us, and they saw the bird on the ground and turned around and walked the other direction. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, oh but my we God. did the same thing. No, we didn't the walk the other direction. Thing. We were like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and then you kept walking. Yeah, but we You're at least commented on it. We were like, oh, poor bird. The bird at least knew we felt bad for it. You're just like, oh, dude, that sucks. Anyways, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah. And the bird's just dying. <laughs> That's better than us walking away in disgust. You're still walking away, Carlos. <laughs> oh, man. God, I would hate to be that bird. <laughs> just like the Deadpool teaser. That's when he lies us. God. All right. Um, RIP to that bird. Now, this whole episode will be in memorial in memoriam of that bird so oh my gosh <laughs> right um you actually were the one that saw the lost city of z because i am still in lynchburg freaking virginia so there is no way for me to see any of these things so ozzy why don't you take it away what's this All movie right, even guys, about first uh, start there because i don't even know really what this movie's about I'm sorry Okay, well, The Lost City of Z is a non-fictional story about this about this um, soldier who goes on an exploration to find this um, the city of gold, basically, and he's basically basically mapping out. I believe it's the region of Bolivia. I could be wrong, but I believe it's 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 that region ar- around there. 
and you know he's trying to map it map out the the jungle and everything and um ends up discovering by by uh by an indian that hey you know there's a lost city of gold and he finds evidence of the city so basically the whole entire movie he's trying to find the city right and that's what the movie's about basically and the movie takes place i believe in the in the in the I believe early early 1900s so you'll get um you'll get you know the the story kind of does a great job of the movie does a great job of really letting you know like when uh like when he's doing things and where he's doing things like they'll, they'll give you the the subtext and, and stuff like that uh starting off with my positive though i'm gonna go ahead and say that the cast overall was pretty good uh charlie hunnam as percy fawcett was pretty good robert pattison as well many people were going to be shocked that i say this probably but he did a really good job in this film uh i really like the chemistry between him and and charlie hunnam who plays uh Percy Fawcett as well, and uh, another standout performance to me also is Tom Holland, Jack Fawcett. Uh, he plays Jack Fawcett. I'm sorry, I said that so fast. And um, Tom Holland plays his older version of his son. Of um, and it, you know, I, I do like the chemistry that they both have, uh, reaching towards the end of the movie. Now, continuing on with my positives, I'm going to say that the location that they shot at is pretty cool. Um, you do see like um, you you see a lot of the jungle and stuff, and you see the comparison and cultures when it comes to the Indians and in the Brits. Uh, and I will say also the cinematography in the movie. A lot of people are gonna laugh. I knew it. Uh, I like the cinematography. It was really good. It was really good. And to get another bell of cinematography was fantastic. It was fantastic. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> Um, so that was, uh, those are most of my positives and also the costuming in the film was, was also pretty good as well. So I will go ahead and say that, uh, cause this is a 2016 release, by the way. I had no idea this is, this well, was, I mean, yeah. wide in 2017. So yeah, I just didn't know. I was like, what is it's a release in 2016? I had no idea. Yeah. But, uh, I, I will this film is actually pretty amazing. I really do like the poster. I'm tempted of getting it. I will say a major problem with this film is probably the pacing of the film. It, it's very slowly paced. It's a two hour and twenty minute movie, I believe, and is um it feels really long, just because it just due to this the subject at hand, and it's basically just them trying to explore um, a city, and it's them trying to. Find the lost city. I will say that the pacing is really slow. Um, you don't understand a lot of his motivation sometimes, just because it's it's kind of logical. Like, like he kind of gets obsessed. The character gets obsessed with trying to find the city. And one of the problems you'll see in the film is that he doesn't really want to go back home because he's so focused on trying to find the city. So you do deal. You do see some of the things like that. Um, Overall, I'm going to say the film was was pretty good, though. I, I don't recommend it to everybody because, like I said, I mean it's it, it's slowly paced. It feels feels long. So I'm going to rate this movie a solid six point nine. All right, all right. 
Man, that's kind of disappointing to hear, but still, it, it seemed like it was okay, and I'm not, like, hearing great things about it, so, you know. No, I mean, it was it was pretty, uh, it's okay, you know, it's, it's yeah. I can't give it that really good Yeah, who directed market. it? Um, James Gray, I believe. Okay. Um, I mean, I can't give it that full seven. Yeah, I got you. Because, like, I felt, I felt like, like, it was an interesting story about like because it, it was really interesting to like to to see and, and everything but it just felt long yeah i got you in some parts and even in some scenes it was kind of annoying seeing it and everything but i will say that did have they did have great set pieces mm-hmm. the costuming well i guess it was great the uh, locations that they shot i was really good and they you know they really did try to when it came to at least for the Indians, they really tried to get the culture right for the Indians. So, I mean, you had a lot of great stuff in there, but it's not something. I guess I'm gonna go ahead and say I give it a six point nine because it's not tech. It, it's kind of also not my kind of movie just to sit through. I got you. you know, it's kind of feels it, it's a non-fictional movie and it's not something that's really exciting. No drama really in it. So, um, that's basically why it's a six point nine. And I feel like a lot of people that are our age will probably not really like it just because it's it's a long nonfiction film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, overall though, it's overall I say it's okay. I still would say give it a give it a shout out. Like give it a look if you're looking to go see like a nonfiction movie, and if you want to learn about some history, I would say go see this film. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to um, the review of my most anticipated movie of the year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, it's well known that Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite movie. And I was very much looking forward to this movie. Um, as much as I try to avoid reviews, I it was pretty hard with this one. I would kind of... I didn't read any or watch any full reviews, just to be clear. But I people tweet reactions and talk about it and discussions are had on Twitter and on Facebook and things like that. So I kind of was seeing what the general consensus with critics was. Um, so that kind of lowered my expectations a little bit just because like I was hearing good, not great. And, um, so just, that's just in the interest of full disclosure, but I actually agree with them for the most part. It is very, it's a very good movie. It's just not, great and i don't think it's nearly as good as the first one now this is the second time that i can remember in the past couple months where i've come out of a movie with a bunch of my friends and i'm like the only one who's like it it was good it wasn't as great as you guys seem to be thinking it is um last time was rogue one to be clear Uh, um but yeah I don't know. We can definitely talk about it because I don't get me wrong. This is probably going to be in my top ten favorites because I there's it's a hilarious movie and there's great things about it. But as a movie, it just fails in one major aspect that I think really holds it back. Um, what about you, Ozzy? What were your overall thoughts? Um, I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I really did. It's def, it's definitely going to be my top ten favorites. I think mm-hmm. there's no question about it. I'm going to say, because I was thinking about the first one, and I think what I think what we expected, sort of, because it, the thing that the first one had was first of all they introduced Thanos finally in a film, so that that kind of made 
Guardians of the Galaxy, like, damn, like, okay, Thanos was in the film as well. And then also another thing that made the movie great for me personally was just all the different locations that they visited, you know? And in the second one, they're only basically just in two locations. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of disappointing to see that the Guardians of the Galaxy were only in two, like, locations the whole entire film, basically. But I, overall, I, I will say that the film is still pretty good. It's still really, it's still a great time to be had. Yeah. Um, but let's get into positives. Let's get into yes, positives. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, okay, the acting in this film, it's a Marvel movie. So it's going to be really, it's going to be pretty good. And I'm, again, this movie is pretty good. The dynamic that all the characters have with each other at, at, with each other at this point is really done well. Um so I will say that. What did you, what what are some of your positives, Carlos? Um, definitely the performances. I think um, Zoe Saldana is great as Gamora. Chris Pratt is very good. I, I didn't love his performance, but I mean he's he's good. It's not like he was bad or anything. It's just he's he's fine. Um, and then I mean everyone else. It is really impressive how good um, Dave Bautista. It's Dave, right? Yeah. How yeah. good Dave Bautista is with just his timing with the comedy. It is so impressive that he is. And I guess that probably speaks to James Gunn as a director, that he's able to direct to this guy who, I mean, he look, he's three movies into acting. So this is a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience, doesn't have a lot of um, kind of things and just things to go off of. And James Gunn is directing him to be the standout of, Two of these, or these two movies of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That's impressive. I'm um, gonna go ahead and say that he probably had the best performance out of the second one. It's I think close. this is his best performance. I think it's easy to undersell, and this is something that I will um, fight for. It's easy. It's so easy to undersell what Bradley Cooper does with Rocket's voice, but he is so good as Rocket. I mean, oh my gosh. Just, I mean, you feel everything. Rocket is probably my favorite character just because of how well they've developed him as a character and how how intricate everything is with him and how deep his kind of emotions run. And you can see that and they put that in display in these movies. And Bradley Cooper sells it every time and he gets me every time. I love Bradley Cooper as Rocket. And I think, per, for me, he gets the best performance in the movie. And I know it's a voice performance, so it's different. But still, man, he is so good. I agree with you there. I mean, Rocket Raccoon is is, is a, such an amazing character. And we do see that he can actually handle himself pretty well. Like yeah. he doesn't need he doesn't need backup. I mean, yeah, I mean everybody would like backup sometimes, but he can he can manage on his own. Mm. He is you see just how intelligent Rocket Raccoon is, and that's what makes him pr- uh, very dangerous is his intelligence, and we clearly see that. And I think it was a great scene, by the way, with with him doing all those things. I thought it was really yeah. good as well. Oh, definitely. Um, my biggest positive, and this kind of plays into the performances as as well. Um, the or, this is something you have to understand about this movie going into it. Number one, and then number two, I'm trying to take it into consideration with my review. This is a character-driven movie. It is not a story and a plot-driven movie. It is a character-driven movie. And that's kind of different. I mean, you can argue about the first one, whether it's character or plot-driven. But with this one, it is very clearly character-driven. character-driven. And 
that is the strong suit of this movie is what James Gunn is able to do with these characters and how he's able to develop them and put them each in situations where their characters are given room to grow and given room to develop. And then where he can just put these characters on full display and say, look, look how intricate and how detailed all these characters are. Um, that is the strong suit of this movie. You learn more about um, kind of how Drax views the world. You learn more about, obviously, um, Peter Quill, Star-Lord. Um, you learn more about Gamora and her relationship with her adopted sister um, in Nebula. And you also obviously learn more about Rocket, as we already said, through this movie. And even Yondu, who is a character who has a surprising amount of screen time, and, a, and I'm very happy he had a, a large amount of screen time because... He almost stole the movie. I mean, <laughs> he was really good, um, Michael Rooker. Um, so, yeah, this this is a character piece, and I think that's important to understand and important to remember. Now, it doesn't excuse some of the story issues that I have, but it is important to take into consideration with this movie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with everything that you just said, because you're right. <laughs> All right. Um, what, what other positives do you have? Uh, the production was really done well in this film for the most part at least there are a few things that I noticed but it wasn't too major that it distracted me but for the most part it was production was done well um, again I, I do like the costumes that they have for one another like the, the costumes that they have for one another and my biggest positive probably is going to be for baby group <laughs> I think Vin Diesel voices him still, if I'm not mistaken. And you're right. Yeah. Um, we need to see Vin Diesel do more roles like this, where he voices a character. This is he did, he did a good job. He did a good job, and I really did like that. Baby Groot was the smallest thing there. It was fantastic seeing a little version of Groot, you know, running around trying to take out people. It was it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and they knew what they had in Groot and in Baby Groot, and I love that they knew that, and they were just like, "All right, we're gonna go all in on this thing," and it really worked, and it paid off, um, in my opinion. Yeah, it it's a uh, okay. I think the last thing we have to mention, or maybe not even the last thing, because I'll probably think of something else as we keep talking, but the comedy in this movie. Um, and I guess if we don't have any other positives, we can use this to transition into negatives as well. Um, the comedy in this movie, it is surprisingly like, okay, in the first Guardians, it's a very funny movie, but it doesn't rely on kind of the raunchy, not even raunchy, but the sexual jokes. I mean, because there's sexual jokes that aren't raunchy, but you know, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't rely on that. There's one or two where you're just like, okay, that's like, they used it and they used it and it, uh good place because you're just you weren't expecting it but in this one they go all in on the sexual jokes oh my gosh there's a lot of them in this movie um and that's fine um but I, that is something to note that there are a surprising amount of sexual jokes in this movie so if that's something that's going to bother you you might want to keep that in mind um but the comedy really hits in this movie for the most part. Now, the thing is, I think they were they knew that they were known as it, that this movie was ex going to be expected to be funny. So with that being the case, they threw more jokes out there. And you know what I always say, the more jokes you throw out there, the more you're inevitably going to have miss. 
Um, so I'm not when I say that some of the jokes didn't hit, it's it, that's that's fine because you're throwing out so many of these jokes that if the majority of them hit but a lot of them miss, I mean you're still having miss. It's it's a volume thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, but I do think this movie is very funny. Um, even though there are amount of a surprising amount of sexual jokes, most of them worked, um, and most of them were really funny. So. Yeah, I, I did really laugh at this movie for the most part. And that, again, has to do with the characters and um, the script. I, I, I As many issues have, as I do have with the plot, which, again, I keep alluding to that, but I will get there um, when we get into the full into, fully into negatives, that you can't fault James Gunn when, he, when it comes to characters and when it comes to dialogue. And I think, again, in this movie, he proves that. Uh, what else do you have, Ozzy? Anything? Um, for me, the comedy was really good. I really did like the comedy in this movie. It made a lot of people laugh. Yeah. Um, but some of the comedy did not did not hit like it was supposed to. I believe. Mm. And uh, do you have any other positives? Um, I'm thinking. I'm sure I'll come up with something. And I mean, this is we have a spoiler review coming on Tuesday. So if I forget anything, we can mention it there. True. So. Okay. Um, but the comedy was really good. But I'm going to... Uh, there's some comedy that we need to discuss in the negatives, though. All right, go for it. That. Transition us in. Okay, so I would say some of the comedy kind of mixed in with some of... Kind of messed up some of the tone in the film as well. Because it's supposed to be a serious scene, and then they would drop a, they would drop some comedy in there. See, I like that. Um, and I, I completely thought, I, understand if you don't, though. It, it just bothered me because I felt like it was supposed to be a very serious. There's sometimes where the film was trying to go for this very serious thing that was going on. And then they would drop a joke. And don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, I laughed. But at the same time, it didn't feel right because this is a very serious situation. So I guess it messed with the tone of the movie in, in a way. Yeah. Um, to me, and again, again, I completely understand if that's how you feel about this movie and that's how you feel about the tone. And you could honestly, you could say the same thing about the first one and I get it, but for me it works and I'll try to tell you why, because I, to me, I think that plays into the overall tone because the movie and James Gunn, again, I'll keep referencing James Gunn. It's just because of how much I respect this man when it comes to these movies. Um, he knows that this you can't take this movie seriously and you that that's the thing and it doesn't and a lot of movies when they know that you're you're not supposed to take the movie seriously what they'll do is they'll make the action over the top and ridiculous and they'll just be like well nobody's gonna care well we still care about that but the way that it pokes fun at people not taking this movie seriously is by it not taking its dramatic scene seriously even in the first one you think about that moment spoilers for the guardians of the galaxy volume one you think about that moment when Star-Lord, uh, Chris Pratt's character, goes out and saves Gamora when she is floating in space, right? And then he gets, and then the, oh crap, what are the, the Ravagers pick them up. And they, um, and Gamora's like, oh, you saved me. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I found something super heroic in me and it like turns into this joke and it was this super dramatic moment and it was a super really ho heroic moment for him but he completely deflates it and i think that is 
that and there are moments throughout this movie like that where there's a ser- something really big that happens and then they just throw in something that deflates that moment and it's just to make sure you're not taking this movie too seriously for me I, again i completely get it if you just say well it messes with the tone of the movie i get that because i can totally see how you'd come to that conclusion but for me it just it's saying don't take this too seriously it's a movie we're just here to have fun um so, then why would you have serious scenes then? Like because you still because plot wise you still have to have these dramatic moments. But it's saying this isn't like it, this isn't supposed to be this super like dramatic heavy thing. It's just well I, I know that yeah I don't know I mean I know that but it's just and I know that at the end of the day we're gonna have fun. But yeah. I feel like if you're gonna have serious scenes in there, respect the serious scenes and then carry on. Not just have a not just have serious scenes and we're just like oh we're getting serious so no we got a joke on the serious scene no I don't feel like that's that should have I don't think that's how they should have done the film. Look, I'm not so, trying to argue with you. I'm just saying I completely agree or I completely get where you would, why you would come to that conclusion. But for me, it works because that's just the tone of the movie. Um, it, it's not trying to take itself too seriously. So, um, oh, another positive just to throw it back real quick. The world that James Gunn is building, the cosmic universe that James Gunn is building, it is just, it's so vast and so just impressive and intricate, and I love it. And I'm so happy that he is now kind of the, he's basically in charge of the Marvel cosmic universe, um, even after the he's done with guardians three or whatever directing these movies he's basically they've announced that he is going to be in charge of the cosmic side of the marvel cinematic universe which that's awesome so um do you have any other negatives or do you want me to get into mine you can get into yours all right um okay so my biggest negative with this movie and This is what, in my opinion, holds this movie back, and it's why I'm going to give, or it's why I would say this movie is good, not great, and it's why I'm not going to say that, or why I think the first one is clearly better than the second one. The story, it takes forever to get going. The story is very, very, I don't want to say slow, but it the plot meanders in the second act a lot. It just kind of, there is a long section of this movie where they're just sitting basically in this one location and sitting and talking to each other. And you can have good things in there. I'm not saying it was complete, like it wasn't boring. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that the plot left a lot to be desired, especially in the second act, because it's a lot of just sitting around and talking and then these this character moving away and going to this character and talking and then this character moving to a different place and going to this character and talking that's a lot of what the second act is in this movie and i for a while i was just like you know this is good but when are we going to actually get into the story of this movie and it's not until the third act where you're just like okay we're into the story this is why we're here and that's it. It's just, it takes a little bit to actually get into the story. And I really think that the second act just, it was so thin with the story. I really needed more there. Um, and and that that's my biggest struggle with this movie. And I get that it's a character-driven movie. You have to have these moments with these characters talking. But you still need to have some line of kind of the plot moving forward in there. Um, it's just a lot of, we don't know how to feel about this person and it's just a lot of uneasiness and there's not just, 
You need to have something. Give us a reason. Like, there are characters not trusting this character, but they don't really have a reason to not trust him. It's just like, I have a bad feeling. Well, that, I mean, that doesn't help us as the audience. That's just saying you have a bad feeling. Okay. Um, There's just a lot of that. I I really wish there was more with the story in the second act, especially. Um, Yeah, that's my biggest issue with this movie. It just... I, I really wish they could have tightened up the plot, tightened up the story in the script. Um, like I said, he does a great job with the character stuff, does a great job with the comedy and the dialogue. But I needed him to kind of tighten up the story. What do you think, Ozzy? I mean... <laughs> uh, I didn't have mainly a problem. I, mean, I thought we got into the thick of the story pretty well. Uh, like, pretty far on. I we... don't know. I was just, I thought the pacing was done pretty, I thought the pacing was done fast, because within the first 30 minutes, I was like, damn, we're here? It's yeah, going to be further first, on in the movie. No, the first 30 minutes, and then after that, there's a huge section of time where it's just them sitting around and talking. That's all the movie is, for a large section of the movie, and then we get the quote-unquote twist, it's not really a twist, but we get that, and then the plot gets going again, but there's that huge section in the middle where really nothing happens, it's just a lot of sitting around. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I did like the, it was trying to, I know what you're talking about too. I mean, you're I trying would to say talk it's about just, it without talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to talk about it without talking about it. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, really like, basically this thing needed to happen so that this thing could take in place so that this thing <laughs> could happen. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say, Carlos. I got that's you. what happened. <laughs> well, that's all. <laughs> doesn't help listeners um but yeah i got we're you. gonna discuss it further in our uh in a yeah i'm sure we'll review, have more of a basic debate. yeah but basically i feel like it happened because because they needed time they needed time you know to we needed to see that relationship that chris pratt was was having you I, know I get we that. needed to I, see yeah like the confrontation and also the confusion yeah of it as well yeah so i will say that that's why that's there as for gamora having those feelings i will say it did come out of nowhere basically because she's just like well i just i got a bad vibe i don't know i I just got a bad vibe yeah and so i will say that's kind of i mean there's sure you can go ahead and say that i mean i got a friend who has bad vibes about people sometimes does it come out of nowhere? Yeah. So I'm going to go. I mean, I can't dock her. I can't dog my friend for friend points. <laughs> um, I will say, if it's going to be in a film, though, I feel like you need to have sort of a reasoning for it, though. Exactly. Let us feel that because, uneasiness, too. Let us go, oh, I don't feel good about this or, either. Or, or, yeah, or at least let her explain how, the reason why she feels the way that she feels. Even exactly. if you don't, even if you don't 100% agree at least you can say she gave a reasoning for mm-hmm. it she really didn't give a reasoning for this character at all yeah but yeah i mean i will say for the most part though i did like them just trying to get to know each other because at the same time we got rocket and yondu and groot having like a freaking bromance yeah. somewhere else i did like that i did like that yeah and I, I get that. Um, and it's hard because I don't want to spoil anything. But we will. I'll get into kind of an idea of how we could have tightened this up and made it 
kind of more story driven um, when we get to the spoiler review. So tune into that on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, but that that's definitely my biggest issue with the movie. And then my other thing is, um, as much as I love the first Guardians, um, I do have issues with it. I know. Oh my gosh. Yes, I have problems with the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Sorry. I mean, it's a it's a great movie, um, but I've never been one to say, oh my gosh, it's perfect. It's flawless. I see the problems in it. I just love the movie unabashedly. Um, and one of my bigger problems, not even bigger, one of my problems with the first Guardians is just the Ravagers, I guess. Um, when you go onto the ship, I was just like, in the first Guardians, when you go onto their ship, I was just like, okay, like some a lot of that comedy did not hit hit for me. Um, James Gunn's brother, I believe, is in this movie, and he or in both of these movies, and I didn't love his character in the first one, and he has a bigger role in the second one. Didn't love him in that either. Um, Dude, I loved his character in the yeah. in the uh, in the second one and first one. Nah, I'm not a big big fan of that character, um, but the, the Ravagers, that whole the any comedy that came from the Ravagers, I was not a big fan of. And the Ravagers have a large part in this movie. Well, not a large, but a bigger part than even the first one in this movie. And that stuff didn't necessarily work for me. That's just to get specific when I was talking about some of the comedy not hitting. Um, yeah, and oh, one another thing we didn't mention in positives. A lot of the new additions, um, I really, really enjoyed. The, um, the addition of Mantis to the team was great. Um, and... Oh, who's the other, uh, oh, Kurt Russell, who played Ego the Living Planet, um, who was revealed in the trailer, so not a spoiler, um, to be Star-Lord's father, is, um, I really liked his performance, um, I have issues with how it progressed, but that's a little bit of just the story stuff, but, um, I really liked his performance, and I think they did a great job with the... I don't see anybody complaining about the um, de-aging in this movie. I thought when they did flashbacks, or when they, because they opened this movie with kind of, um, I believe it was the year 1980 when they opened it, um, and you see a young Kurt Russell, and he, I think he looked really good, and they did a great job de-aging him. It was on point. Um, trying to think what other new additions there were. Uh, Stallone was in this movie. He was, he has a very small role in this movie. Um, so I know they like, Oh, Sylvester Stallone's going to be in this movie. He has a very small role. He was fine in it. And I think they're setting him up to be more involved in the cosmic universe. Um, but yeah, those are definitely some standouts when it comes to new characters. I really like Mantis, the character of Mantis, by the way. Yeah, she was awesome. I really like, especially her chemistry with Drax. Drax. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Um, I think, and oh, the first thing I said this is my positives as well. Nebula, we get a lot of backstory from Nebula and kind of her set of where, about where she's coming from, mm-hmm. and as to why she does the things she does. And I completely feel her. I really love the character characterization that did with Nebula, and uh, I, I like the dynamic that she ends up having with Gamora. I really do like. Uh, the character of Nebula. I liked her. I like her more in this one than I did in the last one. Oh, definitely. I think they did a great job of making up ground because uh, I know I personally didn't wasn't a big fan of the character and the performance um, by Karen Gillian of Nebula in the first one. I, I just thought it was kind of unnecessary, but um, I think they did a good job of kind of starting to turn me around on that character as someone who didn't like the character. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nebula did a really good... I'm sorry. I think Karen Gillan did a really good job playing Nebula in this one. And yeah. I, like I said, I like the characterization they had with her character. I thought it was really done well. Yeah. Especially, again, with Yondu's character. Again, you get Yondu, you get a lot of backstory with Yondu. Yeah. And Yondu almost steals the show. And you also see just how capable uh, some of these characters are. You really do see how capable these, how some of these characters yeah. are. And Yondu's a very capable character of really handling his own. Yeah. Um, um, so We haven't heard a lot of negatives that, from you, though. What Do you have anything? Like I said, I mean, the negatives that I, will, that I said is that we're mainly stuck in two locations mm-hmm. compared to the first one. The first one, we're not really traveling the cosmos or anything like it that. It doesn't feel really stuck. that epic. Yeah, it didn't really feel that epic to me. I will say that some of the CGI in the film needs to also be cleaned up. Is there some things that take place that that happened where it's like a blob and that's all i'm gonna say and oh yeah it just didn't it didn't look it didn't look too hot it didn't look too good <laughs> i was like i was like ah! nah i can buy i couldn't get into it just because of how it looked and i like i will say that's kind of disappointing as well just because we kind of don't feel some of the um we don't really feel some of the some of the stuff that really happens just because of how it looks, but overall, I mean, I did like I did understand why it took place like that. Mm-hmm. As for Sylvester Stallone's character, I was kind of disappointed just because they hyped his character up so badly. They're just like, "Oh, he's gonna be in the movie! Oh, he's gonna be in the movie! It's gonna be great!" And he was only in there for like three minutes. Yeah, I kind of laughed. I kind of laughed by the way because of how he talked in the film. <laughs> um, I felt bad. I was like, I was laughing at some of, at one delivery line that he that he gave. Okay. But um, um, overall, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good film. I mean, I really don't have a ton of negatives like that. Yeah, I kind of felt that 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 it was kind of choppy in the beginning as well. Okay. Just a little bit though. But overall, it was a pretty good movie. All right. Um, you want to rate this movie? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give this movie an eight point five. Oof. Dude, we are we are again far apart, um, very far apart. I'm giving this movie a seven point five. Um, I think Ooh. it's a very good movie. It's not great, but again, to be to give context, I normally get I'm normally lower when it comes to ratings on these superhero movies. Just I, I am, and th- this is this is a fine rating. I I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's great. So, all right, moving on. Let's move on to TV from this past week. Um, again, I I don't know. You might be farther along this week than I am because I did not watch any Thursday shows, but I watched everything except Fargo up until Wednesday. So I didn't watch, and I feel bad. I didn't watch Blacklist. How, I was how many trying weeks to, behind are you? <laughs> just two. Just two weeks. Just okay. Two weeks, just two weeks. Um, no, because I was trying to catch up on Supernatural. Because I was catching up on Supernatural. I was like two episodes behind on Supernatural. And then I had TV this week as it is. And I caught up everything with Supernatural. And then my friend was telling me, Ozzy, like, um, you know, Superstore has been playing. And I think that I believe that their season finale was on. I was like, oh, crap, we're going to see that. Because I love Superstore. So I went, I, I finished Superstore last night around like 3 in the morning. So I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna catch up with Blacklist," but I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up with Blacklist this week, mm-hmm. and I, I should be all cut up by the time mm-hmm. the 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 new episode is out. 
All right. Well, I guess let's start with Monday. Um, what do we have? Supergirl? Yep. All right. What did you think? I liked it. I didn't think it was amazing or anything, but I did like the I did like the episode. I did like how just one human being made made Supergirl feel so helpless. Mm-hmm. So I will say I did like the villain in the in the in the in this episode. Yes, um, I did like the villain as well. I as random as he did come, like it was just like okay, this came out of nowhere, but it was cool. Um. Yeah, I, I like the villain, and then also, I really liked the dynamic when it comes to uh, just having Alex gone. Like, I mean, okay, I'm not saying I want her to die as a character. But, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was interesting to see Kara and um, even, what's her name, Maggie, right? Um, I believe so. Them kind of driven to desperation trying to get her back. Um, I really liked that dynamic. Now, it was a little cluttered when it comes comes to the themes and the things that were going on. You had the whole Kara and Maggie thing. I'm arguing about um, um, what Supergirl does. And then you also have them arguing about who loves Alex more, I guess, was part of the argument, too, for some reason. Like, and at random times, like... I don't know. There was a lot of just random, like, arguments that would pop up in the middle of the episode. And I was like, there's a little bit too much of this. Like, can we focus a little bit? Um, So that was my issue with the episode. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode just because I really liked that that dynamic of them searching for Alex. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty cool seeing her and Supergirl work together just because they're at odds. I feel like it was... I feel like the argument... Well, I feel like Maggie's argument was kind of dumb, um, honestly. Just kind of going off on Kara for no reason. And this is going to be a spoiler oh, uh, yeah. TV review, by the way, guys. Because um, we need to talk about some other things. I, I just thought it was kind of stupid. She was just like, well, I've been talking for them for like five hours, and they're about to come out. And then you just come in and whoop away. First of all, where was Kara five hours ago? And... <laughs> Because <laughs> he's supposed to be Supergirl, but you know she saves everybody. Yeah. And why are you pissed? You don't. You're like I don't know if the, if you if you thought the exact same way two hours ago. So it was I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb her argument. Um, but overall, I mean, I do think it was a pretty good episode, mm-hmm. decent episode with pretty good villain. I don't like the fact. I thought it was really dumb because they really overhyped this villain up. That Martian Manhunter couldn't read his mind. I thought that was really dumb. Yeah, that was random. I mean, that's he's the just thing. like, I don't know what he's using, but he's blocking my mind. And I'm just like, you're a Martian. He's a <laughs> freaking, he's from Earth. Like, what are you doing? Oh. I, I could totally tell that it was just for plot's sake, but what device could he possibly be using on you i don't know while you're at the yo investigating okay i just i remembered my issue with this episode the the reason that overall i was kind of down on this episode after i watched it the ending oh my gosh the how they were able to like okay so this is the thing martian manhunter impersonates the dad right and the dad goes in and hugs him and then he's like 
uh, or they're like, all right, we'll let you go if you can, if you tell us where she is, right? And then the dad's like, you should do that. And then the kid was like, oh, that's not what my dad would do. And then he's like, oh, I figured it out because that's not what my dad would do. He would just be like, let's get out of here. Okay, so that's how you establish this character, right? And we've been introduced to the dad, and he seemed like a pretty hard guy too. But this is that's the, how you define the character for us. So he would have been just like, let's get out of here. And then at the end of the episode... You find Alex by convincing the dad to help you because, you know, it's the right thing to do. What? What? I was just like, this is, what? It was the laziest and most, it was just so dumb. It was a horrible way to end the episode and it ended, it put a bad taste in my mouth for when the episode ended. I mean, like I said, overall, I liked the episode. It was fine. But man, really? That's how we're going to end it. The dad is like, oh, you know, you're right. That's, that's the right thing to do. I shouldn't let him kill somebody. He has, he's a double, he's got double homicide. He's in prison for double homicide. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you shouldn't, you, you, you know, my son shouldn't be killing people. What? What? <laughs> so dumb. The way they ended it. Oh well, I mean, I will say that, I mean, as a father, you kind of want to, you kind of want your son to be better than you. But they didn't so set that up at all. It just yeah. happens. I won't dock him on points there, but I will say that it's not necessarily the character's fault though. It's it's how they, it's kind of how they introduce the character, which I'm going to say is by the script. I think the script oh, yeah. is bad for this episode when it comes to introducing him and kind of establishing for establishing him for who he is. But then you put a sense of humanity in him, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I don't want my son to be a killer, and that makes a hundred percent sense. But it's not how you establish this guy in the first place. Exactly, that's my point, yeah. So, so. it's, I don't necessarily dock him for wanting to save his son, like save his son's soul, but I'm going to dock him for points because, oh, well, I, but I'm going to dock the script for points for yeah. making us think that he would do that. All right, um, let's move on to Tuesday and um, The Flash happened. It's a thing that exists in the world. Moving on. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to say about Flash? Because I don't. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you do. No, yeah, I don't. Do. I'm done. <laughs> and I'm interested to see what do you think about the reveal. It it was dumb AF. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. It was just, I, I can't. It, it's it's just so stupid. I, I know they're going to try to come up with something, and they'll probably come up with something, I guess, maybe semi-believable, but it's just... Look, the most, the only explanation that they're going to come up with will involve time remnants, right? That's the explanation they're going to come up with as to for why Barry would do that. Okay. You know my feelings on time remnants. I think that was the dumbest concept, the dumbest single concept that this show has ever introduced. When they first introduced it, it was like, okay, that's kind of dumb, but it, I guess it makes sense. But then when Zoom used it in the in last season... It was just like, this doesn't make any sense. This is the dumbest thing you've ever done. And then now they're going to rely on it again. That's the only explanation I can come up with. If not, then any other explanation that they give us as for why Barry would do this is just going to be BS. Other, It's either time remnant or BS. And if you give us time remnant, which is the dumbest plot device you've ever come up with, then you're still in a bad place with me. I'm... I, I don't know. It's going to take a freaking miracle for them to be able to convince me to keep watching this show by the end of the season. Because this is ridiculous. The, the reveal doesn't make any sense. And the only way it can make sense is dumb. So, I, I can't. I don't know. 
I'm really see. I, I knew there'd be a rant from you. I knew there'd be a rant. Well, you baited me. <laughs> 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 um, damn man, this episode really just annoyed the crap out of me. It really <laughs> did. It really kind of did because, like, he went seven years in the future, and the guy didn't know who Savitar was. And then in this episode, he knows who Savitar is. So. Does that cause some kind of causality in the other future? I have no idea. No, but there, there's this whole thing. It doesn't make any sense because, all right, they go and they find... The only reason they're looking for this person um, that's going to help them trap Savitar, quote-unquote, is um, is because he got that information from the future. She, this person is not even done or really close to being done with what she is building to trap Savitar. So... How did she? How did they come in contact originally without him having the information that she's the one who helps him? It, 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 there's so much just time issue. There's so many time issues in this in this episode. Um, this is like, I mean, honestly, the the way they explained how this whole time thing works and the just the logical problems with how they play with time in this episode it's on par with season one of legends of tomorrow where it's just like this doesn't make any sense at all and you're not helping us here like it's i don't know damn um this i don't know man i was really disappointed by the reveal because it just it's been established many times that barry cares for iris yes, that he exactly. cares for freaking joe west he cares for all these characters and for us to kind of find out that it was Barry himself who kills Iris doesn't make any sense to exactly. me. <laughs> and so then he's dumb. mad at his he's mad at his past self because he locked himself away in the speed force. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um this has gotten really dumb. <laughs> I got to say. Um it's gotten really dumb. And can I blame my can I blame my past self though? Because I'm trying to ruin my own life, so I gotta stop myself. But you get mad at me because you kinda jump in I don't know, it was just dumb. It was really dumb. A lot of people were excited about this reveal for the most part. Some of the some people were just like, Wow, I didn't see this coming and I don't know. This is probably by far the dumbest reveal that they've had. And it makes no sense. Yeah. And especially, especially you, since, it's going to be something to do with Barry. Yeah. Especially since Barry kills Iris. That's the thing that for me, I cannot accept because this man has proclaimed his love for her since day one. Okay. And you even see him broken down in seven years from now. So it just doesn't make any sense as to why he would do it. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. All right. Do you, anything else you want to move on? <laughs> uh, did you like Caitlyn Snow? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I She's fine as Killer Frost, and I, I think... I thought it was kind of dumb how, like, everybody thought it was going to be Ronnie Raymond because she cause it was supposed to be this huge thing because she's just like... Oh. Because when they did the reveal, she's like, oh, well, what do you want me to do? And then it's future Barry? Alan? I don't know. It, <laughs> whatever. I think they should have made her the main villain of this season. It would have been an interesting dynamic because we could have had all this kind of Cisco 
conflict stuff that was in this episode, which was really rushed in this episode, we could have had that kind of stretch out a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's number one, give me a non-speedster villain. If I continue the show, if not, I don't give a crap what you do. Um, but a non-speedster villain and a villain that has a face for once, please. Um, anyway, what if they, what if it's a mystery again? Then yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, well, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to take a miracle for me to keep watching this show. So, um, are you gonna are you gonna watch this week's episode? Yeah, I'm gonna. I told you I'll watch until the finale, but I'm t- telling you it's gonna take a freaking miracle for them to convince me to keep watching the show next season. Um, it, it's right. gonna take them not using time remnants as an excuse, number one, and then, com- and basically coming up with a logical reason that this works that doesn't involve time remnants. Okay, so real quickly, before we move into Arrow, I want to briefly mention um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and S.H.I.E.L.D. was very good this week. Obviously, this, as I've said, it's probably, I I would say it's their best storyline that they've ever done, and I really like how it's kind of coming to a close. I, I think that it was so, so just satisfying to kind of see everyone finally just accept and come to the realization that this world isn't real and then i think it was a great setup to have them have them basically put all of their trust in the fact that this world isn't real to be able to leave it and have them jump and have them have to jump to leave the world or to leave that digital world or whatever it is or however you would explain it um and it, it was really really good um now i do have issues with i mean i, I know people are keeping it or people are very upset or very sad that mac didn't go back but um i i I didn't love that he didn't go back just because i you could have lied to him like there was no reason to tell him that the truth about everything you could have just said yeah she's there and have him jump in and you're good so there was a little bit of annoyance there but I love the fact that Ada is now a, a real person. She is a human being, which is crazy. And it looks like she gave herself in human powers, which is insane. So, again, this show is awesome. So, watch it, please. All right. Uh, moving on to Arrow, because I think Ozzy has a lot to say on Arrow. Whoo, guys. I am, <laughs> I am getting annoyed with this whole Elicity thing. And for those of you guys who are fans of Elicity, look, when season three happened, and Carlos, you're a witness to this. You're a witness to this. I remember when season three was going down and you had the will they, don't they with freaking Elicity. I was like, yo, can it just happen already? Because I wanted to see it happen. I wanted to see it go into fruition, and I was excited to see this happen. I thought I thought Felicity's smoke was really stupid because she kept teasing um, Oliver with it. But I did want them to be together. And in the fourth season, I liked them throughout the most, for the most part, I liked them. Again, Carlos is a witness to this, for those of you guys who don't believe me. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, it's cute. Oliver proposed to her. I like it. You know, whatever. And then she gets pissed off at him because of her, because of his kid. And that reason was so stupid. It was. Yes, I agree. And the fact that she literally walked out on him was the most... Such a dumb way to end an episode, honestly. And from that point on, I have not respected their relationship. I did not want them to get back together um, or anything like that. Just because of the fact of how she handled it. 
And I thought it was really dumb. So in this episode, they try to relive a little bit of the illicity. And we kind of see that there's some semi still kind of interested in each other. And we see that, oh, well, will they get back together? And I am very tired of the will they, won't they crap. They have never established in this season thus far that they have wanted to be together. Yes, Nothing I agree. at all. And to me, it is absolutely ridiculous that in this episode that they bring it up. And it's not like I wouldn't have had a problem with bringing it up earlier in the season. Would I have been annoyed? Sure. I'll admit that wholeheartedly. But I would not. I have. I probably would have been more accepting of it if it was earlier on in the show. Like we're talking like the first half of the season. This is this show is almost done. This is almost done. Okay. So the fact that they bring it up now is ridiculous to me. I did not like how they brought it up. I did not like I did I did not like the relationship. And Felicity's kind of explanation for understanding Oliver I thought was kind of stupid. I thought that she should have understood him back in the fourth season for doing what he did with his son. Like that 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 should have been the reason. Not because he didn't trust her. Because I'm just like, so you tell me you really didn't trust this? That's stupid. So I just didn't like how they executed that whole entire thing with their relationship. I thought it was ridiculous. I think if you're going to put Elicity back together, you should have done it already. You shouldn't have introduced Billy. Because, again, she was. they were with different people as well. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like if we did not see this coming from a mile away. They kind of just shoehorned this into the season and I did not like it. I really didn't like it. This is probably my least one of my least favorite episodes of the of the show. I really did not like it. Um, I liked this episode. I'll say that. Um, now, I think I like this episode as a standalone episode. Now, I I get where you're coming from in the context of everything else this season. It does come out of nowhere, so I understand where you're coming from. Um. They don't set up that there's any kind of tension anymore between them or whatever, which that I have issues with, but whatever. All right. They don't set that up and then it kind of happens. But this conversation was necessary and this conversation needed to happen. Now, whether you think it should have happened before or they need to build up to it, I get that. But I was just happy, honestly, that this conversation was happening because this is something that as people watching the show, as fans of the show, we never got this conversation and we need to get it. And again, I understand that it, it was at a bad time. It just didn't make any sense when it came, but I'm happy it came because we needed this conversation. Um, now, this is where I'll get into why I liked this episode. I like this episode because it is a great bottle episode. The way that they like, and it's it does what great bottle episodes do, where it feels like it still is a part of the main story because it was Adrian, because it was Prometheus doing this and putting them in this position. It feels like it's part of the overall story, but really it's just a contained singular story. This is just about them being trapped in there and them trying to get out. And I really liked that. That was, it was a great kind of thrilling episode with them trying to get out and all this. And on the same time, at the same time, we're having this important conversation that we should have been having. And we're kind of, now, I get that also, and I'm not going to give the writers too much credit here because it does feel like a little bit of a retcon where they realized, okay, it was really dumb for her to get mad about this. So they explained why she was mad about it, why she was really mad about mad about it. 
and um, I think that their explanation worked. So yes, it is a retcon, kind of, but at the same time, it's a retcon that I'm like, thank the Lord, because that was a horrible reason for them to break up, and she kind of explains it. Um, now, on Oliver's side, I don't know. I feel like they're really pushing some of these kind of deep kind of character things that he supposedly has had this whole time. And I just, I don't know. It just, those kind of things feel like the, I feel like these are just like all of a sudden he's having these things, but you're saying he's had these the whole time. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I did really like this episode. It was really entertaining. I was on the edge of my seat basically the whole time. And I was yeah, just I mean, I liked happy it. to I liked have it. this conversation. I liked it when it came to the actual, you know, trying to find a way out. I thought it was very good at seeing that and really seeing them kind of work together because they're kind of at a, they're at a very they're at a disadvantage there when a, when Felicity really loses her her legs due to yeah. the EMP blast. Oh, that was pretty good just seeing that really all go down. That they're really they're basically on their limbs. They're trying to survive. So I did like the aspect of that. I just didn't like the fact that they were trying to shoehorn that whole thing. And Lila and Diggle's marriage having to be involved in this episode. That uh, yes, I agree with that. that, that. Um, John is look. I, I love Diggle. He's he's a very good character on the show. But I don't like how they how they prep him up to be like this wise guy who knows what he's talking about, who who understands everything and knows 100% about what's right. Like, And I like how his wife kind of caught him on his crap because he, he's, he's breaking the law, basically. He goes out there with Oliver and he acts like he's a straight-up G. And <laughs> it was kind of annoying how he's just like, well, oh, well, I don't like how you didn't put this guy in trial or whatever, and I don't like how you're doing things behind my back. And I'm just like, yo, first of all, we haven't even seen you with your wife most of the season. You probably only seen you with her three episodes a season. I forgot you were honestly married. I forgot you had a kid at this point. And then they kind of bring this up. And I I don't know. I, I'm just tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing John act like he's a, like a righteous person. And it's kind of a, it's getting annoying at this point just seeing that and I don't I like John and Lila together, but it needs to I'm and I'm glad that they kind of fix it this episode, but they need to stop arguing about Argus and 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 Team Ariel going at head. It's it's getting annoying. It's been three seasons about them being at being at odds but working together. And it's just like if you guys don't want to work together and you guys don't have to work together, it's it's fine. You stop. It's annoying seeing these two organizations fight each other for over what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. So all right. Um anything else or do you wanna move on? Uh I can move on. I mean all right. you don't want to talk about supernatural or anything? Well wait, I mean I forgot forgot what super, I forgot what uh day of the week super story is in, but I'll I'll bring it up really quickly. Okay, go for it. Um Superstar season finale, it went head down and God, I I love this show, Carlos. I don't know why you're not watching the show, but you need to start watching the show. I, I have watched the show, and it's just I'm not into it. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, you douchebag! But anyways, I do like I I do like how the show ends, man. And and we finally, for those of us who have been waiting for Amy to Amy and Jonah to do something, just give us something. Give us give us a kiss or something. It finally happens in the season finale. 
I was so excited. They just started kissing while this tornado was going down. And I was like, yo, this is the dumbest thing to do. But I get it. Y'all about to die. So go ahead. Kiss. And they were they were kissing. I was excited. I was like, yeah, they finally kissed. Um, as Lauren Ash as Dinah, who plays the assistant manager, I love her. Because she does not care about... Um, she legit thinks that... Because Garrett... Carlo, uh, I'm sorry, Carlos, but Garrett and Dinah, they're sleeping together. And they keep bringing, they keep telling Garrett and Dinah, Garrett and, and Dinah, like, hey, there's an emotional connection when you guys sleep together. Like, are you guys, in, like, you guys are in a relationship. And Garrett keeps telling her, like, no, keep, Garrett, they both keep saying that they're not. And I found it funny how it kind of took a tornado for Garrett to realize that. Um, cause she didn't give him a helmet and he was calling her psycho because there's an emotional connection to sex. That's like, the store is getting torn apart. Um, God, I, I really, this show is just fantastic, and I can't wait for season three to happen. I it, uh, I can't wait for them to address the kiss. I can't wait for Garrett and Dinah to really establish that they're in a relationship or not, because it's funny. Um, I like how Glenn, Glenn is, you remember how Glenn was, Carlos. Glenn was just like official. Yeah. Uh, he was just this over-the-top Christian who was innocent everything and while the tornado is going down he's praying to like the christian god and then he's praying to the catholic god the buddhist god and then, he, <laughs> and then he stops when the tornado stops he's praying towards allah and then he was like thank you uh, uh, allah <laughs> so it's just hilarious seeing glenn um <laughs> i don't know if glenn is gonna convert to islam next next the next season <laughs> Uh, they bring up, they're just like, you guys are really lucky to have someone there. And then Glenn looks up at the sky and he goes, I know, I know who saved us. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know if he's going to convert to Islam or anything like that. But it, it is funny just seeing uh, these characters come to fruition and everything like that. But I am excited to see where the show goes. So definitely excited for season three. Yeah. Um, getting into Supernatural, this was kind of a standalone episode, really nothing majorly happened besides dean and my, dean mom basically i don't i'm not going to discuss that carlos if you don't want me to cause... yeah yeah stay away from it and um uh, yeah yeah but um as for the basically because that was that was kind of like a third of the episode just seeing dean's mother and stuff like that dealing with some things like that basically overall this episode it was about um earlier on in the season we met these two witch hunt these two half witches or something like that um that were hunters and um basically and basically um you know they their mom was it, it kind of it was kind of like in season one carlos where dean and dean and sam uh were looking for their father mm-hmm. it was the same thing with these with these two hunters but they were looking for their mother so it was kind of like a rehash on episode um one in okay. season season from season one but um yeah i mean it was pretty good pretty good from what we got from there yeah, awesome. I, I definitely need to catch up on Supernatural. I'm only an episode behind, I think. Maybe two. But I think one. So. Alright, sounds good. Um, But anyways, is there, is there anything else you want to talk about on TV, Carlos? Or mm, is that it for you? Not really. And we're kind of running out of time here. So we pr- probably should wrap it up. Um, I don't even have, right. I don't think we're going to have time for recommendations either, unfortunately. But hey, that's alright. We got a big <laughs> episode. Episode 100 is next uh, episode. And that'll be our Guardian spoiler review. So.
Definitely, definitely, Carlos. All right. Uh, where can people find you on social media, Carlos? All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. And make sure you follow us uh, at ScreenFellows all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. YouTube as well. Um, we'll be having tons of YouTube comment com- or content coming up. Um, so, yeah, okay, check that out. Awesome, awesome. And, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. And also, if you guys have any topics, any discussions, any films that you want us to see and or review, please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellas.com. Also, guys, check out our website as Brianna writes these written reviews because I think she's going to have a lot of work over the summer, honestly, just yeah, seeing probably. everything. So definitely check out the, the, the website. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on YouTube like Carlos previously stated. Guys, this is Screen Fellas. Screen Fellas.